What's up, Warrior Nation? Welcome to the first ever episode of a project we're calling the Warrior Rewind, where we take time to visit with Valley Christian High School athletics alumni and other faces around campus. My name is Rob Fair, class of 09, and I'll be the host of this program. I also have the pleasure of serving VC as a football coach, lacrosse coach, and assistant athletic director. It's our hope that this series will not only provide a special opportunity to strengthen the Warrior community, but that we may also offer distinctive insight into the unique backgrounds of the Warriors we'll be spending time with. Let's get to it. Our first ever guest on this show is not an alumni, but definitely qualifies as one of the more prominent faces around campus. Adam Tafralis, perhaps better known as Coach Taff, is a member of the San Mateo Sports Hall of Fame following a fantastic multi-sport career at Mills High School. A graduate of San Jose State University, Adam was a record-setting quarterback and would go on to play professionally in the NFL and the CFL. Since then, he has worked in an advisory role with companies such as Nike, Skills, Vice's Football Helmets, the American Flag Football League, uh, the NFL Network, and Game Time. Most of us recognize him best as the Director of Human Performance here at Valley Christian. And of course, he'll tell you his more, most important roles are as a husband to his wife, Jessica, and as a dad to his daughter, Claire, and son, AJ. Coach Taff, thanks for being here. What's up, Coach Fair? Thanks for having me. I, uh, I appreciate you being our, our first guest on the show. This was, uh, this, uh, the Warrior Rewind was kind of a brainchild of ours, so it's only fitting that, uh, that you'd, be, uh, you'd be the guy to kind of kick us off as our inaugural guest. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I, obviously you and I have talked about this, but this has been something since I came on board. I was a, obviously a public school guy and, and always kind of wanted that you know, that feel of belonging to a school and in that, that, that movie-like feeling of stepping on a campus, being a part of something that's bigger than just you, something that you'll come back for. And roughly seven and a half years ago, Valley Christian uh, and I got connected and I had always known about Valley through San Jose State and teammates and, and Coach Machado and, you know, all the, the, the gravitas that comes with that. But uh, the minute you and I kind of started talking about this, I, I just said, you know, I think this has been something on my heart that I just feel that Valley Christian has a story to share. And even though it's a young school compared to some of the others, it really is, is a, uh, a unique campus with a ton of history in its short lived. Um, but it, it, outside of what the school has done in the athletics community, I think our reach actually spans very, very far. And, uh, and that's one of the things that we really, we, we really try to do on an everyday, on an everyday basis, right? Is just, is reach and, uh, and be as good and, and uh, as excellent as we possibly can be, right? Totally. Well, coach, you've definitely been around Valley long enough um, that, uh, that you are definitely defined as a warrior. You are in your core, uh, a warrior, you, you're not a, an alumni, but that doesn't mean that you're not an extremely important part of, uh, of the warrior nation. So my first question for you is, what does being a warrior mean to you? This question is a great one for me because, you know, I embraced it before I even got there. Uh, I had heard so much and, and, and was so excited about starting this job 
that seven and a half years ago, I remember sitting down with Coach Machado and, and uh, Mr. Scherenberg, and, and they just kind of talked about culture. And I, I don't want to say kind of. They talked about culture. <laughs> and they talked about what it meant to them to not just be a warrior themselves, but to embrace that mentality, bring that into their family, bring that into the everyday life. And I think from day one, I'm sure those, those guys seven years ago would say, man, that guy was tough right off the bat because I walked in the room talking about, uh, we're going to beat everybody. There's no reason that we can't be the greatest that, that anybody's ever seen. And I still believe that today. But I think what I understand today and what I know after my time as a warrior, that greatness and, and that being a warrior doesn't always equal W's and L's at the end of games. It really is about the community and about the athletes and the families and, and how they're embraced and how they, they reach to each other. I'll give you a, a quick story um, that sometimes when you're, when you're in it, you really don't know how the impact is, is setting in with kids. Um, I had a kid in another school that I've, I've been mentoring. And, and that's one of the cool parts about my role is that I get the ability to reach out and, and help kids all across the country. And this kid was a high recruit uh, and he got hurt. He got hurt really bad and his season was over. And his mom's texting me scared because scholarships are walking away. And, uh, and a kid from Valley Christian was the first text that I got outside of anybody in that injured kid's family saying, Coach Taff, uh, I, heard, I heard about uh, your quarterback at, at that other school. I just wanted you to know that I'm praying for him. And I wanted you to know that uh, I don't know him, but if you could let him know that I'm here for him if he needs me and that I can't wait to see him play again. And I went, whoa, wow. that's it. Wow. You know, that's – you don't know when those moments are going to happen, but that moment happened. Yeah. And I had nothing to do with it except for being a conduit between something on campus and a kid in need. And uh, those guys now know each other and they're, and they're, wow. they're buddies, but they're competitors. That's, that's the biggest thing about this. Yeah. They have to play against each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. And and you see it, you see it all over the place on our campus. Uh, you see it on the football field a lot um, in terms of how we play. When you knock somebody down, you help them up. Help them back up. Right? Yeah. But I think, I think the spirit of, of, of that, of being a warrior, is that God's going to reveal himself in a lot of different ways and a lot of difference. And when you are a warrior like we are, you're preparing yourself for it and you're staying ready. And you're just trying to grow day by day in a way that you might, you might be an example mm -hmm. or a mentor or uh, a role model. And those come in all ages. So that's, sure. that's, my, uh, that's my little bit about being, you know, what it meant to be a warrior. And it, and it takes time. Sometimes God reveals himself uh, day one. Sometimes he reveals himself, you know, seven yep. years in. But it 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 is so uh it's so awesome being a valley christian where we're on this quest for excellence it really is nonstop and those those moments happen all the time 
if you're looking for him, if you're, if you're praying, if you're, if you're faithful, um, it's, uh, it, it really is a special place to be on the, on that topic, on the quest for excellence topic. How would you define excellence? That's a good question. So for me, my whole, my whole purpose of, of being an athlete, and I grew up in this, my dad was an Olympic athlete. My mom was a, uh, a four-year varsity starter and, and college-level athlete. Uh, my sister was a college-level athlete. My grand—I mean, literally—you could you could trace back as far as you can find us. And we are big, athletic, uh, very grit-driven people. Uh, we love to get down and dirty, and love to be a part of of the the everyday struggle that makes you stronger for tomorrow. My grandpa used to say. Um, but the, uh, the thing for me has always been consistency, right? I got to play for a really important coach, Dick Tomey, and who, who recently passed away of, uh, of cancer. But Dick was a huge uh, mentor in my life. And, and, and the thing, when I was done playing for him, he said, he said, man, I used to get mad at you. And man, you know, you are not always going to be the best in the room. But when somebody shows up every day in the same way and just tries to get a little bit better, it's infectious. And some days you are the best. Some days you're going to be middle of the pack. Some days you're the worst. But if you show up every day, that bar is set. And your teammates and your coaches and your friends and your family get to decide where they fall on that bar. Are they going to rise above it or can they, are they going to follow behind it? Yeah. But at least by showing up every day and being consistent, you're setting the bar. For sure. And we use that. I use that in, in the HBC all the time. When, when we talk about why it's so important to be around other kids, it's so important to be around other kids and, and be with your teammates because you can go anywhere and they can pat you on the back and say you're the greatest in the world. Right. But when you play a sport, you're playing with a team. You're playing for what's on your chest, what's on your back. Right. Right. And when the best player doesn't show up to be at work with their teammate, the bar hasn't been set at the best. And for so sure. that's the biggest thing that we try to really, and I, I do that on every day, is what are you showing up for? You're showing up either to, to grow, number one, but number two, set the bar. Because you might have somebody that follows you, you might have somebody that, that you're following, right? Raise your bar every single day. And that happens with consistency. So that's my, you know, that's it for me every for day. Sure. And, and, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of, of meeting your dad and shook his, you know, big Olympic thrower hand. Um, I mean, I, I can only imagine how being in, in, in your household, how, um, you know, sports allowed you an outlet to raise that bar every day, to find, to seek excellence at a young age, to build those, uh, those lifelong habits. Um, so what, uh, my next question is, um, what is one thing that sports has done for your life that most people wouldn't expect? Um, goodness, that's a good question. Uh, I think the obvious things are it's shaped my career, right? It's, it's, fueled a mentality but I think the thing that people don't understand and you said it at the beginning is is I do a a lot of consulting work outside of here large corporations 
Silicon Valley startups. Um, and, and the big thing that sports has really done and not in the way that you might think is it's actually made me a savvy businessman. And I, I you know, I use that without ego and, you know, telling myself I'm great. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm always growing. Um, but what it's done for me in, in the business world and in, especially in development, which is a, a big area that I work in, um, is it's allowed me to listen to people and read environments, right? Most people would think sports allows you to work hard and be disciplined. Yeah, that's the given. But for me, and especially being a quarterback, it's helped me understand roles. It's helped me understand when some people can't carry their weight and some people can carry more weight. People that are out of position, people that um, need to be pushed. For sure. And I, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. And you don't realize how much that, that is. And, and, you know, kids that would be listening to this would go, oh, I don't even know that that's part of my dad's job <laughs> or my mom's job. You know, my, my wife is, is a very accomplished uh, professional. And so much of what she comes back to has to do with what she learned playing field hockey. And, and that's just the truth of it is that sports does uh, help you frame your, your work ethic, but it also allows you to be a teammate, allows you to be uh, a coach, a listener, right? Support staff and leadership. So yeah. I think that would be it for me is that it's, it's really shaped me uh, in my professional career uh, as an adult. <laughs> sure. Well, and that actually really segments super well into um, my next question for you, and that is, what would you do if ball went away? Um, you know, in other words, most of us are cooped up right now during this, uh, this COVID-19 chapter of, uh, of the world right now. Um, we're, we're shelter in place. Uh, spring sports seasons have been postponed. Um, and so if, if you were not in a place where you were active uh, either as an athlete, a coach, a trainer, um, or even in uh, the different athletic businesses that you're involved in. Um, if, if sports were not in your life, what would you do? What would you be doing? That is such a loaded, <laughs> loaded <laughs> hard, hard question. And not just for me. Um, you know, obviously I have, my my daughter Claire and my son AJ, who right we're right for the last couple weeks we've been sitting here in our house, and and me being who I am and and them being the active kids that they are that most of the time we're talking about sports or competing or who can do handstands who can do cartwheels who can you know uh, hit a baseball off the tee who's you know we got a little basketball hoop in the backyard who can make as many in a row some a good portion of our playtime is built around sport. And I thought about this, uh, you and I were talking the other day and I thought about this where I was just going, my goodness, I'm right now, there is no sport in the traditional sense. Uh, but I, I, I kind of, I took this, I take this back to when I was in at San Jose state, I took a class where we had to define sport, right? So the world is changing right now. And I think the big thing that you have to do is you got to be able to define what sport is to you because sport as I know it when I, I can't watch sports center 
the same way. I can't. Uh, the Giants should be playing right now. Uh, NBA should be in the playoffs. I should be at San Jose State spring, you know, spring game. All those things are my normal. Uh, but I have to go back to just defining what sport is. Sport is being active and creating competition to me. Right. And, and everybody's going to have their own definition of it. But I, I think we will find, and for some of us that, you know, are, are, are goofballs and watch, you know, some of these goofy movies or the, you know, the, the, the dodgeball of the world is just as much a sport right now as the NFL because there is none. Yeah, ESPN8, the Ocho, they're yeah, streaming exactly. dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, obscure sports quarterly. I'm going to start, I guess I got to start making the magazine, right? <laughs> um, and, and the truth is yesterday, you know, AJ goes, Dad, for our, we do a workout time in our backyard just to, like, like they would do PE. And he was like, oh, can we do, and he made up a little obstacle course. And that was his, his own doing. And it had, it had jumps. It had make a basketball shot. It had jumping jacks. And, and he was like, who could do it faster? <laughs> That's as much as a sport of, as, as anything. Yeah. And he's learning just as much in that for right now as he can. Uh, and thank, thank goodness he's got his sister. Um, and yesterday my, my thing was how can we do it as a team, right? That was my little theme to them. <laughs> They didn't like that as much. Yeah. They like beating each other. So Right. I don't want to be on her team. Come on, Dad. Moment as a dad. But, but without sport, I just think we'd create something new that we could compete in. I think that, that people understand it's even without jobs, right? The, the human race and, and, and man and woman, we need purpose. And, and I think yeah. sport gives us outside of a task it gives us some purpose. Yeah. Something that we can define ourselves on how we work. And I think we'd find a million, just like the, the Greeks found, you know, the ways to make the Olympics up. I think we'd do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. And right now, all with social distancing, obviously. Right? Yeah, right. Six feet apart. It's fine. Yeah. The way I look at it is, is I can stay six feet in front of you while you're chasing me. That's no problem to me. There it is. Uh, all right. Here's, here's a kind of a fun thoughtful question for you um if you could spend one hour with three different people three separate hours one hour with each person um they can be dead or alive who would those three people be and a quick why would why would you choose them man uh i think in this i think they i would have to define it in like the three areas of my life my faith my family and my passion right Mm -hmm. I think that would kind of cover the things, you know, somebody at the top of the sports world ever to do it. Um, I luckily got to play with Peyton Manning, who if I didn't, uh, he'd be on that list because he's a unique individual. And I think he'd just be fun to hang out with. Yeah. A, a random one would be Jerry Lewis. I love Jerry Lewis. Okay. Uh, Jerry Lewis was, I, I had every, uh, I had every tape and then wow. I had every DVD yeah um and and how he found a way to be funny and unique and give back and and I, i'm i'm very intrigued with entertainment so uh jerry lewis would definitely be one um you know i everybody would probably say the martin luther king but i i think i'd i'd probably go somebody more of a, of a missionary somebody that had to travel somebody like a mother Teresa, you know somebody in that category that had to 
step out of their comfort and go somewhere and really be uh, isolated and vulnerable. And not that Martin Luther King wasn't. <laughs> he traveled all over this country and lived through, you know, uh, re lived a remarkable life. I think the, the last one, if I could go back and spend an hour, to be honest, it'd probably be my grandfather when he was a kid. I want to know more. He was an adopted, so he lived through the Great Depression and, and kind of got bounced around and ended up getting adopted and, and moved around and saw a lot that I just didn't get to hear about. Wow. And I think it would give me a, a better understanding of me and, and the world at a different time. So, uh, and I'd get to see my grandfather. That's super Thank cool. You. Great answers, all of them. Um, on that same vein, actually, um, this is kind of our last question or series here. Um, if you could go back and tell yourself something as a go back to, to when you were a freshman or a sophomore, an underclassman in high school, what would you go back and tell underclassman Coach Tap? Oh my gosh, Rob. Knowing what you know now. There's not, a, there's not enough time in the world. Uh, <laughs> one thing, one piece of advice for young 15-year-old Coach Taff. Check your ego. Okay. That is uh, that for me, I was, you know, I was, I was uh, a kid that came from a, a family of athletes. My dad was an Olympian. I had every... I was very talented at a very young age. I was very big at a very young age. And so I was kind of always the first picked kind of kid. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I lived in a world where my dad was a larger than life character, right? He was like a WWE superstar. Yeah. Uh, and actually, those guys were in my house hanging out. I mean, guys like Hulk Hogan, be at my house. Wow, uh, that's so cool. The, that type of mentality is what I walked around with. Yeah, as like right. a 10 year old yeah obviously when you get to you get to high school and now you're the you know varsity this that and the other um but i made a lot of decisions in my life that ego took me down a wrong path from not, not doing as well in high school and missing out on scholarships because of it in my grades mm -hmm. uh thinking that my my talent was enough uh, even though I worked really hard and I trained and I did all those other things, but I ignored the things that I wasn't good at. I just focused on what I was better than other people at. To uh, decisions I made in college that got me in trouble with coaches. Um, to choosing which NFL team to go to because I thought I was better than the starter and shortening my career because of that. Hmm. Ego, ego can get in your way in a big, big way. And as doors open, um, I think for me, the thing that I look back on is that people weren't shutting doors on me. I was closing them on myself. And that's, that's one of the things that you hope that you can instill in people or at least help them understand that that doesn't have to happen to them. Yeah. And, and so for me, that's something that I'm uh, always, always working on. Now, I'm not going to be the the quiet, uh, most humble driven person in the world. <laughs> sure. Cause I like, I like, I like being loud. I like being competitive and I like being, uh, challenging, right? Most of the kids I think that have come through Valley Christian, uh, I, I, I tell them all the time. I go, man, love me or hate me. We're going to get better regardless. I'm either going to be your fuel because you love me, or I'm going to be the fuel because you're going to prove me wrong. 
and I'm good with both of those. Yeah. And, uh, and at the end, hopefully you understand that it was all done out of love, but, uh, you know, I, I talk to them about that a lot. I yeah. talk a lot about egos, um, well, you know, putting well, it in check when it's time to be in check. For sure. Last, last little bit here, same question, but you go back to high school and you see upperclassman coach Taff, either as a junior on the eve of your last you know, year in high school, or you're a senior, you're already done, your last season's over, you're about to head off to college. What one piece of advice uh, would you have for um, 17, 18-year-old Coach Taff? Um, the one piece of advice before I left for school, um, clean your room. Your roommates <laughs> do not like that you're a messy Oh, no, you're that guy? You can make a lot of friends or lose a lot of friends yes. by just being the guy that stores the, the, the dishes under your bed. Love it. I was that guy. Oh, I no. was that guy. Oh, no. You left, the, you left the bowl with the milk and the cereal in the sink? No, in my room. Yeah. Oh, I was that's that guy. even worse. That's even worse. It didn't even make it to the sink. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> that. Uh, I, I guess that would just come down to doing the little things. Do the little things. Clean your dish. All right. Well, hey, Warriors, you heard it here from Coach Taff. While you're at home, you're in quarantine, you're in shelter in place, take some time, clean your room. Uh, Coach Taff, thanks for, uh, thanks for being our first ever guest on the Warrior Rewind. I've already taken up enough of your time. Uh, I appreciate you sharing some insight, sharing some background, um, and, uh, and just uh, kind of open it up and, uh, and allowing uh, the Warrior Nation to, to see inside a little bit. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to hear all the other people. I know that this, uh, this Warrior family spans very, very far, and uh, it's great to connect. Speaking of, uh, speaking of connection, before you go, um, how, can, uh, how can people uh, that are listening get in touch with you either on Instagram or, or Facebook? Do you have an uh, Instagram handle? Uh, yeah, you can. I mean, everything we're doing inside the HPC is, uh, is on Instagram. I think uh, VC underscore Warrior Strong. Um, you can find uh, everything I'm doing with my family. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an open book. So Adam Tafralos, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere uh, on, on social media. But I'm always looking to, to mentor or to be mentored um, by, by other, other warriors and other Christian leaders. I, I love, I love being able to connect with people. So anybody that has the desire to talk, sit down to get a workout in, um, or to run an idea by me, I'm, I'm always open ears. So. All right, coach Taft. Thanks again for, uh, for joining us. Uh, have a great day. Warrior nation. See you next time. Thank you.